You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 196 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And uh, we're back, guys. Yay. We, we uh, took uh, an unplanned break. Yep. Um, so this should have been 197, but it's not. We're pushing that episode 200 out <laughs> a little further into the distance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Last last episode was supposed to be our St. Patrick's Day episode. Which but was, we got fucking hammered. Yeah. <laughs> we drink, 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 drink. And drink um, and fight. <laughs> Um, no, like, yeah, it was supposed to be our St. Patrick's Day episode, but it was going to be like several days after St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Already. And then, you know, any parents out there, uh, will know that children wake up when they want to, including at a quarter to four in the or quarter to five in the morning, which I was not expecting, nor had I, uh, planned for when i had gone to bed at midnight um and uh yeah and so the day we were supposed to record i was just so out of it and we're like okay we'll record another day and you know another day just kept getting pushed off and off and it's like you know at this point let's just skip it we're like it's a week after saint patty's at this point like yeah no one's gonna care and i don't know about you but i wasn't really all that hyped about talking about either of those movies no me neither I was really uh, upset that I watched the one that I picked. Did you? I didn't. I didn't even watch either one. You didn't. Oh, you didn't watch either one. Uh, did I? I don't think so. Oh, well then. Okay. If I did, I don't remember it, so it couldn't have been that good. Fair enough. It looked like very, very, very low budget. Um and. Uh, it was bad. It was like, oh, I did watch it. That was bad. So bad. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Like, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta save this for another day because I can't do this right now. Yeah, I think, I think I watched them both, but I can only remember yours because it was bad. Yeah, it sounded like it could have been cool, but once it started playing out on screen, it was like, wow. This is terrible. Anyway, so we're back with uh, with another episode that's just a regular episode. No theme. We should have done like the Always Sunny podcast did for St. Patrick's Day and just, just gotten fucking hammered and just just, fucking hammered. just talked for a couple of hours. Well, we, we've done that a couple of times, didn't we? I mean, we didn't get like hammered because it's only a two-hour show, but... Yeah. Uh, we've got, we've, we've we drank, drank on the show yeah, before, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, swear we have probably. Sounds like something we'd do, but we still like did the show. 
Right. Like, they didn't even bother doing a show. They, uh, just, they just got hammered and bullshitted for an hour and a half. Got it. <laughs> That's the curse of us being a more structured show, which is funny to say about us. But, uh, you know, those shows, especially, like, well, they're, they're a rewatch show. Mm-hmm. In, in theory. Right? In theory, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about the other, the other day. It's like all these fucking celebrities have these podcasts now. And a lot of them are just these rewatch podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's like they don't even have to put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. Um, just like, hey, remember when we did that one show? That was cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> remember when we did that thing on this one episode? That was awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, and everybody's got a fucking podcast now. Yeah, like it's so hard being a, a DIY podcaster for, for many reasons. But like not the least of which is that someone else can literally make your same podcast and they'll have 20 times the followers before their first episode's out. Yep. Just because people already know who they are. Yep. Um. We were talking about somebody specifically, weren't we? When when we had this conversation, we were. I can't remember who. I don't either. But yeah, I mean, like you know, this goes back to the early days of celebrity podcasts, and like Adam Carolla was doing his, and you know, Mark Marin, he's still doing his, but he was kind of again at that forefront, and I think even Joe Rogan was, wasn't he? Or was he? Did he come later on? I'm not sure. Either way. And yeah, these people just flocked to their shows. And it was like, if you were a podcast like us, just normal people doing a show, it's like getting that top 10 list on on Apple was never going to happen. Yep. And it became even more and more impossible with more celebrities doing their shows. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's disappointing because podcasting used to be something that just people used to do in their spare rooms you know or you, a single person used to sit in front of a mic and just talk yeah it's the blessing and the curse is that anybody can do it right but so it's like yeah a couple a couple of jamooks like us can do it but then at the same time you know kevin smith can go in his basement in his recording studio and... right uh and that's the other thing you listen to these like you know big iHeart podcast and stuff. And they're like, oh, I want to thank so-and-so in the booth and so-and-so our producer and so-and-so who does all our research. And it's like, that's us. Yeah. We do all that shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, thanks for listening to the show, guys. We want to thank Tony, our producer. We want to thank Taylor, our media guy. <laughs> Taylor, who did all this research. Tony, who's editing. <laughs> and, you know, most of all, we just really want to thank uh, Tony and Taylor for putting this whole thing together. <laughs> Getting us in the room, making the show happen every day. Or they every woke week. up really early and drove a really long <laughs> way to be here. Uh, anyway, that's enough of us bitching like old men, at least about that, because <laughs> there's plenty of things to bitch about. Um, how's it going, Taylor? I, how long has it been since I've seen <laughs> you, Taylor? All right, well, let me tell you my problem with the kids from the high school. <laughs> Okay. No, I, I actually, I, I don't have a new thing to bitch about, really. So. Oh. Anything new? Just um, not really. I mean, I've talked before about my my new podcast, Cult of Splat, on mm-hmm. here. Uh, that's going decently. I mean, you know, same kind of problem where we're 
trying to build an audience, but yeah. it's, it's really hard when nobody knows who you are, but yeah. And I mean, we've been doing this show for 10, 10 years. It'll be 10 years in October. Right. No, no it'll be nine years. Nine in October. years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we're still relatively unknown. I mean, we have a, a decent amount of clout locally. Yeah. Like people in general know who we are because of the show, because of the film fest, because of our presence at Crypticon every year. You know, so people know who we are for the most part. But yeah, on a national or international scale, that's weird. I sounded quieter a second ago. Oh, I didn't notice. Huh. Anyway, um, yeah, on a national or international scale, it's just we're relative nobodies. I know. And then I like, I read these, every time I read a, like, how to promote your podcast, number one is always get featured on Apple Podcasts new and noteworthy. I'm like, that's not instructions. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want you to tell me how to right. do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember the early days of doing the show, doing that kind of research. Just like, how do you make your podcast more popular? It's like, okay, well, make sure your sound quality is good. Check. Make sure you have a good premise. Check. Check enough. Yeah. (laughs) Good enough. (laughs) Um, and you'll be consistent. Up until recently, check. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, like up up until like, I think probably the last year or so, we rarely... If ever missed an, uh, well, I mean, we did miss episodes, but like you know, there was a time where we took a hiatus because my my brother died, so we took some time off. Yeah, uh, and then just like if you know, if it became too much of a complication to record, we'd skip an episode or we'd put out a late episode. But rarely did we ever actually just not do an episode at all. And so yeah, but I mean, like as far as like the the major points. To supposedly get a successful podcast, we've done them all. And so it's really just, at, I mean, at this point, it's about being popular already. Like already have, having a following in some other mm-hmm. medium. Same thing that's going on in, um, uh, on Twitch. You know, I, I stream art on Twitch. And I haven't done it much lately, mainly because it's just parental responsibilities. But, um, you know... They have three tiers for streamers. They, you know, basically like an introductory or a, a starter streamer. I, I don't think they actually have a name for it. But once you meet a certain, you know, echelon, you become a, a an affiliate. Um, meaning you get to have like little emotes, like custom emotes, and you can offer. Your, fo- your followers and your subscribers, you know, goodies and things like that. And then be- above that, you have partner, which is like for the real hot shit streamers, like mostly like gamers and stuff like that. <clears throat> anyway, so I started streaming in, I want to say it was August. And I was very inconsistent at first, but I became much more consistent and was really hitting the, the, hitting the, um, poundstone is that hitting the poundstone? Is that a phrase? I think you're thinking of pounding the stone. Yeah, Eric Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really I put the work in, streaming consistently, pounding know. the pavement. Sure, yeah, metaphorically speaking. 
Um, Nose to the grindstone? Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. They're stones. They're hard, think... hard things. Poundstone pretty... is a comedian. Paula Poundstone. Right. <laughs> Basically, what I'm doing is putting my body parts on hard things. <laughs> uh, as long as you're not putting your hard body parts on things. <laughs> without permission. Right. Always get consent. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I think probably almost a year later, after really consistently streaming, trying to build a following, um, I finally got to affiliate. Sweet. Now I can really like start to launch into like building a brand, you know? And then I had the kid. And so my, my streaming kind of fell off. Um, and I've been trying to build that back up, but it's, it's difficult. Anyway, there's this other guy who built this following doing YouTube videos, another artist. Good for him. I mean, he really, hit the pound stone <laughs> on YouTube. But then he, I don't think he's quite abandoned YouTube totally, but he switched mostly to Twitch to do live streaming instead. He got partner in two weeks, or not Holy partner, uh, affiliate in two weeks. Oh, still. Yeah. It's not an easy feat um, unless you have that following yeah. built in, you know? So, yeah, that's just uh, the clout. It's a bitch. <laughs> Cloud's gone airborne. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Cult of Splat's going well. Yeah, go listen to Cult of Splat and, and give us uh, five-star reviews. Give us, me and Tony, five-star reviews, too. That, that'll help. Yeah, that will help. That'll get us on the new and noteworthy. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like you, you, have, you need a following because you have to tell people to give you reviews and help you grow that following. So you have to already have a following in order to grow a following. Yeah, it's like... Trying to get a following without anybody listening to you, it's very similar to Michael Scott just announcing that he has that he's claiming bankruptcy. <laughs> he didn't say it; he declared it. Declared it. Sorry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, rate and review us. Rate and review Colt Splat. Go follow Tony on Twitch. Do it, even though I don't stream much. Tell all your friends. <laughs> yep. Anyway, tell your mailman. Fuck it. Why not? Scream it at strangers on the street. I don't care. Just get our name out there. Yep. Anyway. Um anything else new? Not really. I don't think so. Yeah. Um not much for me either. Just being a parent. Living the dream. It's my all consuming purpose now. <laughs> That'll happen. That will happen. It's coming up on his birthday here pretty soon. One year. Went fast, surprisingly. Despite how fucking exhausting it it was, (laughs) it it went fast. Um, Just got his first haircut the other day. That was an event. I never understood the whole thing, like, saving a hair clipping. But, like, without us even asking, she, like, set some aside and then wrapped it up in, like, tinfoil. Thanks for this. Like that was like when we got our dog's remains. Like we got the box with the ashes in it, and there was like a little paw print, um, like clay thing that mm. they put her paw print in. And then there was like a uh, ink paw print and an ink nose print, and then a little bag of fur. And we're just like, I don't like the bag of fur. Yes. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> we're both just like, that's weird, right? Like, <laughs> she get, get rid of it, or you still have it? I think we got rid of it. Mm. 
Yeah, like I feel like that's more probably one of those things where it's like you don't want it, but now that you have it, it's just like I can't just throw this out. What do I do with this? Do you still just have the ashes or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're on the bookshelf out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, when we when my brother passed and I mean I think human remains are different than pet remains. Sure. Uh I mean a lot of people will just keep the urn on their mantle or whatever. But, you know, none of us had any interest in, in doing that. Um, it's like, that, that's not what my brother would have wanted. Um, so we scattered his ashes in, in the ocean. and um, But that was weird. It's like, it's just, it's, it's ashes. It's not him. Yeah. But it's like, why am I having a hard time getting, getting rid of it now? <laughs> but anyway. <sighs> yep. That's no, enough talk of death and stuff. Let's talk about death and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of just like small talk, but I really don't have anything going on. Life is not very exciting right now. Sweet. Totally. <laughs> so let's just do the show. Shall we? Let's shall. All right. Let's do some horror business. Oh, wait. No. Before we do horror business. Oh, yeah. There's regular business. I'm uh, sorry. I'm out of practice. We haven't recorded in a month. A month. Um, yeah, so, uh, even though we are very inconsistent and, you know, we're not very popular, we do have very special people in our lives. Those are our grave diggers over on Patreon. They help, uh, support this show financially. Uh, it's not an expensive show that we operate here, but it does cost money and money is something that we don't have much of. And I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but we are completely DIY. Right. So we appreciate getting paid for our time. Yeah, we do. Uh, you hear these, uh, these very, uh, dulcet sounds that you're hearing and like the, the very good sound quality that didn't come cheap or free or cheap. Um, so anyway, but, uh, those wonderful, wonderful folks I'm speaking of are of course, Jordan Morrison, Carlos Rodella, Gory B movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottoms of our hearts. Uh, we love you long time. Taylor, if anybody else wants to be loved so hard, where can they go? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. We will love you hard. We will love you soft. We will love you any way you want it. For as little as $1. We'll caress you down. Lay you down. <laughs> Fine. For as little as one dollar, you can join us live every episode. Other podcasts, they're like, "Hey, you got to buy tickets to watch us live." We're like, "You just give us a dollar, and you can watch it every episode." Yeah, we're literally just sitting here talking, and you can watch it for free. Yeah, and well, you not can, for free. For you one dollar, give us a dollar, and then it's free. Yeah, <laughs> and you can even you go on our Discord and like chime in and be like, "Tony's shirt is stupid," and I'll be like, oh, "Yeah, it is. Look at stupid yeah, look shirt, at this dumb shirt." <laughs> He's right. His shirt does suck. <laughs> uh, or $5 will get your name in the show, like those lovely people that Tony just said. You can also get discounts on Great Plot merchandise and other fun things. So make sure to check it out. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Neat. All right. Now, we're going to do our business. You know, I feel like uh, in the last 
decade or so. I feel like the East Coast has been just getting really assaulted by bad weather. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they've always had like snowstorms and, you know, things like that. Hurricanes. Hurricanes, yeah. But I'm, I don't think hurricanes were as common, like, up on like, like the northern side, like New York and, and further north. I don't think hurricanes were all that common until the last, yeah, like 10, 15 years ish. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, but yeah. So, uh, n- the East Coast is no stranger to bad weather. But you know what's worse than hurricanes? Barricades. <laughs> worse than hurricanes and snowstorms and, and, and the like. And barricades and, and barricades and sharknadoes. All of these things that the National Weather Service are constantly on the lookout for. <laughs> no, no. The worst thing ever is if you're getting rained on by giant spiders. Sky spiders. Sky spiders. <laughs> From the people who brought you Sharknado <laughs> and Bear... Barricane. Barricane. Was that what we came up with? Yeah. Why did it feel like it was a tsunami or something? Like I don't know. Bear. You could just have all the animals and then it would be a tsunami. Oh, shit. <laughs> Trademark. That's on wax. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, giant spiders, guys. Giant fucking spiders are s- expected. By the way, did we mention this is true? This is <laughs> this, this is, is real, real world, world horror. horror. In the real world of horror, giant spiders are expected to be dropping from the sky like terror rain. <laughs> Uh, on the East Coast this spring, so April showers bring May spiders. <laughs> <Bring> May spiders, <laughs> an invasive species. So even better, they're not just like you know common like house spiders. They're an invasive species, the size of a child's hand. <laughs> what? How old of a child? It doesn't matter because <laughs> you know what? I see an infant's hand every day, and if I saw several spiders that size, I would Falling run for my from life. The sky. Or I might just light myself on fire <laughs> to just get ahead of things. <laughs> uh, they're expected to colonize the entire East Coast this spring by parachuting down from the sky. Uh, this is coming from researchers at the University of Georgia. The large Joro spiders, millions of them, are expected expected to start showing up and down... or. Bo- Balloon, balloon. Ballooning up and down. All right. Uh, up and down the East Coast as early as May. Oh, my God. Why is the world so terrifying? <laughs> it's like the planet is saying, hey, humans, Get I hate you. Go away. <laughs> You've been here long enough. What do I have to do to get rid of you? <laughs> Using that goddamn frontal lobe to extend your lifetimes. <laughs> There are fewer infant deaths, and now you're just polluting the world. Are we, get, are we getting plagues again? Is that what this is? You know what? We might be getting plagues now. Like, we got COVID. That was the disease plague, and now we're getting sky spiders, which is the locusts. The locusts, yeah. What's, uh, the seas have to run red 
with the with the blood of the firstborn. Is that is that a is thing? That, is that a plague? I don't know. Pretty sure the the seas run red. Pretty sure that's a plague. Uh, the Joro spider is native to Japan, of You're course. Right. Water turning to blood. There you go. Frogs, lice, flies, livestock pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the killing of the firstborn child. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Uh, jo- the Joro spider is native to Japan because where where do the most terrifying things on earth come from? Asia and Australia. That's true. Yeah, All of them. They all came from there. And invasive species tend to come from Asia, I've noticed. Like the murder hornets. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the murder hornets. That's what kind of year it's been. (laughs) (laughs) So many things just blended together. Like things that happened last year, they may have been yesterday. (laughs) It might as well have been. They may have been yesterday, or they could have been 10 years ago. Nobody knows. That's right. Time is a construct. (laughs) Uh, they began infiltrating the U.S. in 2013, so they've been here a while, and we haven't noticed. (laughs) Plotting. (laughs) Biding their time. (laughs) Uh, Concentrating in the southeast, and specifically Georgia. Okay, I was wondering how Georgia was going to fit in here. Um, they fanned out across the state using their webs as tiny, terrifying parachutes. (laughs) Tiny, little green goblins. (laughs) I just remember you think of Spider-Man when he's got the webbing thing and he like <laughs> floats. Um, what confounds me is that they're a problem on the East Coast and it sounds like in like the Gulf area and not over here, which is decidedly closer to Japan. Yeah, apparently they all, they really wanted to go to the Gold Club in Atlanta. <laughs> and they just went there and they're like, you know what we fucked up? What if we just took over the whole East Coast? Fuck it. <laughs> did they literally just float across the Atlantic Ocean? I have no idea what they did. Or, sorry, Pacific. Like, the biggest... Did they float across the country and we didn't notice? I mean, that, like... It's like, don't worry, West Coast, you're good. <laughs> like, that I could see, like, maybe they, like, leapfrogged, you know? Get a couple hundred miles east on, on, a, on a wind gust and then land for a day or two, take a break, and then catch another gust. You can't do that in the middle of the ocean. So they must have just, either they hitched a ride on like produce or something, or they just floated thousands of miles across ocean. They only do it like a couple at a time so we wouldn't get suspicious or? Yeah. Like, all right, we'll meet up in Georgia. (laughs) Once there's enough of us, we will just go all up and down the whole East Coast. Um... Yeah, they use their tiny, terrifying parachutes to travel the wind. <laughs> uh, Andy Davis, author of the study, or oh, the study from the University of Georgia, and a researcher at Georgia's Odom School of Ecology, tells Axios that he isn't cer- certain how far north the spiders will travel, but they will make it as far north as D.C. or even Delaware. Also, northeast is probably okay then. I mean, they may get there eventually. That's true. Unless they're more, you know, if they if they like the warmer weather, I guess. It seems like at least, you know, having traveled from DC north to Boston, uh I can definitely tell you that things get colder the further north you get. Yeah, that's true. Um <laughs> Oh man, we went to when we went to DC, we we landed 
in Baltimore and drove to DC and this was August, or October and it had just rained like like torrential rain and then it started to warm up so it was just everything was soggy and it was so fucking humid that I wanted to die <laughs> like we were just walking and sweating just walking around sweat well, at least you didn't have sky spiders <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least we didn't have sky spiders. Uh, here's some more terrifying facts about the Joro spider. They are bright yellow, black, blue, and red, and can grow up to three inches. So yeah, that's about the size of my child's hand. It's a big-ass spider. It is a big-ass spider. I like. I imagine, like... If he came up to me just with his palm out and a spider taking up his entire hand, I might just drop a shit right there. <laughs> um, like, you know, you think about the things that may just make you lose total control of your bowels. That might be one of them. So a big, giant fucking spider in my child's hand. Yeah. Uh, and those are not great colors. Like, you, I feel like if you see a spider that's like brown or black... You tend not to freak out as much. It's when you find those very bright colors that you get a little more panicked, at least for me. Like, I think I like if I was in, like, uh, the rainforest or something, I would be much more terrified of a big yellow spider than I would a big black spider. I mean, the, the, the brown recluse is the one that will get you, though. Sure, yeah. But, you know, I think just because you're used to seeing brown spiders, that maybe the, the fear is not there, you know? Yeah, that's, that's valid. <clears throat> uh, they likely traveled across the globe on shipping containers. Okay. Similar to the bubonic plague. I feel like that narrative wasn't needed. <laughs> <laughs> Their life cycle begins in early spring, but they get big, get big in June and are often seen in July and August. Have a great summer, guys. <laughs> They're named for Joro. Sweet, I'm going to New York in August. <laughs> no, wait, that's September. Hopefully, I'll be gone. By they'll then. just die off suddenly. And <laughs> August 31st, dead. Just dead spiders all <clears throat> over the ground. <laughs> Goddamn spider massacre. Uh, they're named for Joro Gumo, a creature of Japanese folklore that can shape shift into a woman. <laughs> Or spider before killing its prey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, no, no talk about like them being like venomous or, I mean, even dangerous, just that they're big and terrifying. I mean, right? I didn't miss something, right? No. Well, there you go. Spiders, guys, look watch, forward to that. Watch out for your fucking sky spiders. Yeah, and if you're traveling to the East Coast, check your luggage before you leave. Fucking don't. Huh? I said fucking don't? Yeah, don't go to the East Coast, for starters. So HBO Max, well, I guess Warner Brothers, who owns HBO Max, has decided to go all in on it. Yeah. 
Uh, HBO Max is developing a new series, which is going to be a prequel to the It movies. Uh, a website called The Ankler and reporter Jeff Schneider, <laughs> Schneider. Uh, says that a series tentatively titled Welcome to Dairy is in development. The series would explore the origin story of Pennywise the Clown, as well as the dawn of the 27-year curse that haunts the small main town. <clears throat> um, I'm of two minds on this, I think. Like, one, it's just like, why would you do this? Why would you just beat one of the greatest novels ever written into the ground like this? But also, there's a lot of stuff in the novel that wasn't in either movie. Right. Mainly, a lot of stuff that took place before, you know, the the loser club came, became involved. So they they have material to work with, and it could be interesting to see that on screen. It's just a matter of how much they exploit it. Right. And how much of it is original concept right uh there's no word on whether anyone from either it movie will make an appearance nor is it clear that the show has been greenlit even uh but according to snyder an, an honest to god writer's room is being or has been convened for the project moving fast <clears throat> yeah uh variety adds the series will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of it part one the 2017 film uh, the story is also said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. It's going to begin in the 1960s? That's what it says. The time leading up to the first movie. Wasn't it the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, the first one took place in... 89? 88. 89. 88 or 89. I can't remember which. Um... But, I mean, the book took place in 57. Right. So, um, I yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I would be more interested if this was more like uh, like anthology rather than like a linear story, you know? Sure. So they could do that, like bounce around to different points in history. Because Pennywise, or, you know, it, has been there for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Right. So they've got a lot of time to work with. And they start in the 60s, 20 years before before the story. Maybe they're going to work backwards? I don't know. <sighs> Maybe. Because, like, the biggest one is probably the Black Spot Fire. Yeah. Because that actually incorporates uh, Dick Halloran. Right. And I think probably just because of, well, Dr. Sleep was... Was Warner Brothers, wasn't it? I think so. So, I mean, they could have thrown Halloran in there. Still could, I guess. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Variety also notes that Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti are back on board to produce. Whatever that's worth. Hmm. I mean, has there been any mention of Bill Skarsgård? There has been no mention of anyone. I mean, it does say there's no word on whether anyone from either It movie will make an appearance. I guess that's true. So, I guess that includes includes Scars Guard. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if it's connected to the movies, one would assume that Skarsgård would make an appearance. Although, his he didn't appear as the clown until he was wooing, that's not the right word, enticing Georgie. Yeah. So that was his first appearance as a clown. So maybe not even necessary. But in the second movie, they showed him as a person. That's true. They fucked up the whole timeline there, man. Yeah, they did. The backstory. Uh, anyway. Bill, uh, it does say it includes the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. It doesn't say it. It says Pennywise the Clown. Right. Which is thousands of years ago. Because, like, I think there were... You just said he didn't wasn't Pennywise before Georgie. Oh, well, okay. Well, it's hard to know if they're talking about the the creature or if they're or the talking... Or the clown. Or the clown, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, the creature... It's been a while since I read the book, but I believe... There's like a, a suggestion that it's been there, been here as far back as like the dinosaurs, right? So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, in, in other Bill Skarsgård news, did you see that he's been cast as the new crow? Yeah, that's later in the story in the episode. Okay, we're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> if I had my druthers, I would have put that story next, but um, I mean, I, we could talk about. I it put next. this. I put this together this morning. So, I mean. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's just switch the next. Okay, we're we're going to the next story. Hold on. Okay, so in other news. In other Skarsgård news. Uh, you can all relax because, you know, when you thought the crow was dead after the whole Corn Hardy and J- Jason Momoa. Cromoa. Cromoa. <laughs> that whole thing fell apart. Thank God. You know, you may have thought that the crow was over and done with. But oh no. Fear not. <laughs> Warner Brothers, I think. I think it's Warner Brothers, because War- it's New Line, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, no, wait. The original is Dimension, so God knows who owns that now. <clears throat> anyway, um, yes, The Crow seems to be back up in action, uh, presumably with Bill Skarsgar in the lead. That is quite a jump for him of course it was for brandon lee too i guess but he's just not somebody i would have picked yeah i mean he's better than momoa sure and he yeah i mean he's definitely got the and uh, better than fucking who was the little wiener guy well not emile hirsch the other one fucking john connor yeah what's his, what's his name uh he wanted to say Frankie Munoz. No, not Frankie Munoz. Not Emil Hirsch. The it's other not... one. Edward Furlong. Thank you. Um, yeah, it wasn't... Uh, there's another one. Jack something that was supposed to play him before Momoa. He, Jack Houston. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, at least Skarsgård, he's got the more of the physique because that was that was way off about Momoa. Like, even I think we talked about this. I think I said these words. Even at no, his Luke Evans. It was Luke Evans first. Luke Evans was first, and yeah. then it was Jack Houston. No, I don't see Jack Houston mentioned in this article. It says Luke Evans, then Momoa. Look up Jack Houston, the Crow. I'm, I'm, it's Houston without an O, without the first O. More, it looks like Huston. Okay, yeah, Jack Houston explains why he dropped out of the Crow remake. Okay, so I thought that was a thing. Um, <laughs> that'd be just a random name for me to pull out of nowhere. <laughs> Especially because I can't cite any film that he's ever been in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bill Skarsgård is going to star as the titular crow. Is it? The... Eric Draven. It's Eric Draven, yeah. Well, sure, yeah, I know it's Eric oh. Draven. But is he the crow or is the crow, the actual crow the crow? They never really call him the crow, do they? No. He's just... He's just Eric Draven. He's just a guy. Um... It will be directed by Rupert Sanders, who directed Snow White and the Huntsman and Ghost in the Shell, two very poorly received movies. Rut row. Well, I think Ghost in the Shell, that was very, um, it was looked at very poorly because it was so whitewashed. Oh, that's right. Is that the one with ScarJo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't give a shit. I never watched the anime. I don't know any difference. I mean, it yeah. There's no sure difference between an American and an Asian. Person. Sure, yeah. It shouldn't have been whitewashed, but I could really give a shit about the movie or its existence. <clears throat> uh, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter FKA Twigs. Is that formerly known as? I no idea. From Honey Boy, it's also starring. Uh, the new film is said to be a fresh take. Oh boy. Can't wait for fresh take uh, on the original material with Skarsgård playing Draven, following in the footsteps of the late Brandon Lee, Zach Balin, who came up. Sorry, Zach Balin, who uh, just re- recently received an Oscar nomination for King Richard, wrote the script. Oh man, do we even want to get into that? <laughs> I know it's not on topic, but when are we on topic? Sorry, what? The whole Will Smith thing. <laughs> Oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. Did you, we, won't, we won't launch into a whole thing, but I did want to mention, so the Academy did, like, nothing. Like, they called the, the cops, and the cops were actually going to arrest Will Smith, but Chris Rock refused to file any charges, so they right. had nothing to arrest him on. <clears throat> they then asked him to leave the ceremony, and he refused. And instead of forcing him out, making a scene if necessary, they let him stay. And accept the Best Actor Award. Yeah, and he was giving a standing ovation. Right, he's giving a standing ovation after just abusing a man on stage. Yeah. Um, or assaulting a man. <clears throat> the, like, almost a half a day later, the Academy finally said, okay, well, we're going to start an investigation. What investigation? You saw what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, into Will Smith and, you know, possible um, disciplinary measures. And then Will Smith hit him with the, you can't fire me, I quit. Exactly. And so now they're still, because they haven't even started their investigation yet. They're saying, we're going to start our investigation in three weeks. Will Smith got ahead of him and said, I quit. And now 
the academy has nothing. Instead, they are set there. They stand there with their dicks in the wind. Yeah, dicks in their hands. That's the phrase. Man, I can't turn a phrase for shit today. Standing there with their dicks in their hands, uh, with nothing they can do. They could take away his Oscar. Can they? I mean, it was talked about. But he's not a member of the Academy anymore. Do they have that power over him anymore? It's their award. <clears throat> finders keepers? <laughs> I mean, possession- ah, yes, the finders keepers law of <laughs> 1912. I mean, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Well, let's talk about bird law and see who comes out ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, just- FKA Twigs says that it does not stand for formerly known as. She says it doesn't stand for anything. Okay. I don't know who she is. <clears throat> In that case, I'm going to call her fuck a twigs. Yeah, it's like if formally known, if FK means formally known as, what are you known as currently? Yeah, are you like the artist formerly known as Prince? Right. Who then became the artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as Prince, <laughs> aka Prince. Right. Uh. Yeah, so the project is well into pre-production ahead of a, of a June start date. Was shooting to take place in Prague and Munich. Um, the budget's fifty in the fifty million range. That's actually pretty low. Yeah, I, I expect more for something like that. Um, the crow is a beautiful, dark, poetic, and sometimes disturbing. Wait, beautiful, dark, poetic, and sometimes disturbing, says director Rupert Sanders. It is a story of love, loss, grief, and revenge. So, yeah. and this one sounds like it's actually happening. Like they seem farther along than any of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, instead of just a director saying he wants to make it, and a guy who says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll star," <laughs> right? Sure. Um. So but yeah, no mention of like who, what studio is behind it. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said. I know Dimension made all the originals. Yeah. But who knows where the hell those rights went now. Was that was that um Weinstein's? Weinstein, yeah. yeah. I remember somebody buying up a bunch of those, but I don't know if the crow was part of it. Well, anyway. Fucking Miramax. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Miramax. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Beans don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. Took the whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Now we're up in the big leagues. Getting our turn at last. Long we live, it's you and me, baby. So Daniel Kaluuya, uh, best known as Chris Washington in Get Out, is also starring in Jordan Peele's upcoming Nope. Yeah, he's in the Black Panther movie. That's true. He was also in an episode of Black Mirror. That's true. The That's the first time the one, I ever saw him. The one with the bikes. Uh, he is also apparently writing a new movie. It's a dystopian thriller called The Kitchen. Kitchen. The pick is set in London in 2044, a future where the gap between rich and poor has been stretched to its limits. I always forget that he's British. Isn't it? Uh, all forms of social housing have been eradicated and London's working classes have been forced to live in temporary accommodation on the outskirts of the city 
The story follows Izzy, a resident who is desperately trying to find a way out, and 12-year-old Benji, who has lost his mother and is searching for a family as they battle to survive. Sounds a little Last of Us. Just a bit, yeah. Uh, Kane Robinson of Top Boy. Not sure what that is. Uh, and Instead of Bottom Boy? I mean, whatever you're into, I guess. Bottom Bitch. Uh, and Jedediah Bannerman are on board to star. I don't know who that is either. Me neither. Uh, Kibwe Tavares of Robots of Brixton? Uh, will make his feature directorial debut. Kalia will also produce via 59% productions with Joe Murtaugh of Calm with Horses he's co-writing. Too, but he's too old for this shit. So he's in. <laughs> That's Riggs. Huh? That's Riggs. Or it's no, Murtaugh. it's with Murtaugh. Riggs. Riggs. <laughs> Did you see that Mel Gibson is directing Lethal Weapon 5? Yep. Man, I hope they use the script that dude. If it's already been laid out, if they don't have the Always Sunny guys fucking cameo, they're missing out. They're fucking up. Yeah, they're leaving money on the fucking table. <laughs> Although I also wouldn't want them to work with Mel Gibson. So yeah, yeah. It's like I love the I love the Lethal Weapon movies like so much. Do you think Mel Gibson was like, I like how those guys did blackface? Can we do that? You know, that, that's what made him want to make part five. He was like, wait, we can hire white people to be black? <laughs> that's great. Just make sure they're not Jews. <laughs> God, fuck Mel Gibson. Yeah, he thinks everyone forgot, but we didn't forget. No. Um, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Fuck Mel Gibson. Well, yeah, fuck Mel Gibson, but no, uh, Danny Glover, man. You know, he was... He is too old for this he's shit. He's officially too old for this shit now, so I'm not sure what they're going to do. <laughs> like, they're just going to have to use, like, him for the close-ups and use his stuntman for... have to use Donald Glover. <laughs> not even the same body type. <laughs> <coughs> his nephew. <laughs> was that... That's where his bit, right? Talking about how he's Danny Glover's nephew. Or am I making that up? It sounds familiar, but I don't think it... Like, the only special of his that I know is Weirdo, and I don't think it's from that. Hmm. So maybe he talked about it on something else? I don't know. Yeah, doesn't matter. <clears throat> there you go. There you go, Daniel Kaluga. <laughs> Nothing to do with Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got there now. Oh, Murtaugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's what we got from the story. Oh, this is coming so to Netflix. I, I don't remember if I said that. It's coming to Netflix in All right, so we all remember just the religious experience of a little film called Mandy. Uh, Features handcrafted battle axes, chainsaw fights, Nicolas Cage in his underwear screaming. Fucking 
vintage cage right there. <laughs> ABC, always be caging. Man, that movie, I can't, it's got such a long fucking title, I can't even remember it. Like the, the unbearable, unbearable weight of weight massive of, talent. Right. I am so fucking excited to see that movie. Like, I haven't been that excited to see a movie in a very long time. Yeah, like, I texted you the other day, but I got an email, and it was like, get your free passes to the Unbearable Weight of Master Talent. I was like, fuck yes, give me 12. Right. <laughs> and then I realized they sent the email at 1 o'clock in the morning. So by the time I woke up at a reasonable hour, they were gone. Fuckers. Like, what day was that? Friday? Um, I think so. Who's up at fucking 1 in the morning on a Friday? Fucking Pro- meth heads? You know, it's probably people who go to movies on week a week weekday evenings like they don't have to go to work the next day yeah i can't do that they're shit. on meth right uh anyway so mandy's uh director panos cosmatos 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 i'm going with cosmatos because it sounds fucking badass <laughs> uh is working on a new movie uh he's directing necrocosm which is being written by megan huang uh, of of counterpart fame, I guess. Based on a story by Huang and Cosmatos. Cosmatos. Uh, the plot is deep within a strange galaxy where two lovers are torn apart as they try to survive a malevolent invasion in this faz- phantasmagorical fantasy nightmare. <laughs> Uh, I know. wish they would have said two lovers are torn asunder <laughs> to make it more. Epic it just sounds sounding. more. Yeah, it just sounds more epic. Apparently, Counterpart is a sci-fi series starring J.K. Simmons. Oh, well, all right. Oh wait, you know what? Is it an Amazon show? Looks like it. Yeah. Okay, I've seen commercials. I never watched it. Um. Yeah. It's, there's just a lot of photos of J.K. Simmons like this. <laughs> Uh, Actually, I think he's holding a cell phone. I'm pretty sure it takes place on spaceships, so it's probably some kind of communicator. Mm. It looks like it looks like a cell phone, but it's like the camera's over here, and he's holding it this way, so you can't really see through mm. his head. Well, maybe they have cell phones in space. I don't know. I mean, it is present day, <laughs> <laughs> or the future in this case, maybe. Because yeah, we're still going to have cell phones in the future. Like, I know Elon Musk wants to put. Cell phones in our brains. I'll bet he does, motherfucker. He wants to control us and drive us like cars. Yeah, name your kid fucking Steve, and then we'll talk. Yeah, asshole. Stop naming your kid fucking... Question mark. Question marks and symbols and... Ampersand. Math. <laughs> Stop naming your kids math. <laughs> what a fucking douchebag. Pull your head out of your ass. And his baby mom is as fucking whacked out as he is. Wouldn't she have to be? I suppose. I mean, you know, people... People tend to abandon their um, morals, I guess, or their, their standards. Their druthers. When, yeah, when money's involved. Yeah. But in her case, I think she's just straight crazy like he is. I mean, she's got money, too. She's a pop star or whatever, isn't she? Sure, but she doesn't have PayPal or Well, Tesla No, she money. doesn't have Musk money. Right. Musk money. You. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just put... Like, the fact that Elon Musk's a douchebag, just put that on the table? Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. Like, just because you're a genius doesn't mean you're not a jackass. Yeah. He might, like, 
I feel like he has no like uh, concept or appreciation of the human condition, and it makes me wonder if he's like on the spectrum. He is. He is. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he talked about it when he was on SNL. He's, oh, he said he has Aspergers, which I know is not a, is apparently not a phrase we're supposed to use anymore. But really, yeah, because it's named after a Nazi. Oh, well, what are we supposed to call? I it? think just on the spectrum. But I feel like it's very like a very specific thing, so I really don't know. That sounds like a colloquialism, though. Like scientifically, what do we call it? I, I don't know. <laughs> like you call it autism. It's the autist uh, autism spectrum. Yeah. So did you just say autistic? I don't know. The other night we had this conversation. Where we're like, what do they call Indian burns now? Like you know, like Indian burns. Like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're like, I, I am sure that that's not PC, but no, yeah. I mean, what they, is the apparently? Like, I was looking it up, and I some people call it a snake bite. I'm like, that doesn't really fit, sense. though. I mean, Indian burn didn't make sense either, but uh, I mean, I think it's because it turns your skin red. Uh, all burns do that, though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, on a on a similar note, we were talking about with my dad we were watching something and they were talking about the game in which you just tackle the guy who has the ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I I've discovered over the years that there are different names for that game. When we were kids or when I was a kid, we just, we called it smear the queer. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called. Yeah. I would never call it that now. Right. But it's like, What's another name for it? And apparently the most common thing is get the guy or tackle the guy with the ball. <laughs> most unoriginal Man, name. Man, kids ever. are clever. <laughs> but again, it's like the same thing. It's like, what the fuck do you even call it now? Yeah. It's like it had a, a catchy. Ca- catchy. <laughs> I, I I hate to say cutesy, but kind of like a cutesy name. And now you you don't say that anymore. So what what's the name now? You just literally call it what it is? Apparently. I mean that I guess that's fine, but that's what happened with porn. Like porn went from clever names like Forest Hump and like Harry Pothole. And now it's just like guy with big dick fucks boobs. <laughs> and even the parodies is just like Avengers Triple X. <laughs> Batman Triple X. Where's where's the where's the originality? Where's the passion? I'm sure Buttman was already used, so <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so this sounds... Wow. How did we go from Mandy to Indian Burns to porn? I don't know. That was a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Classic us. But no, this sounds uh, on brand for Cosmatos. Considering what a fucking wild ride uh, uh, Mandy was. Yeah. Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> cheddar Goblin. Did you eat that Cheddar Goblin I got you? Nope. No, you didn't? Okay. Still in the cupboard. Good. Good man. The other day, I was just like, you know, I I was at working, and I was like, I think I'm going to make mac and cheese for lunch. And I looked at it, and I was like, it expires 2020. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's powdered cheese and, and dry noodles. Could it really go bad? 
I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, best not to gamble. But, yeah. You know, these are the questions you got to ask. <laughs> you got to have the courage to ask these kind of questions. <laughs> uh, A24 will produce, uh, what was this called? Necrocosm. Um, alongside Nate Bulletin of XYZ Films. A24 will also finance and handle worldwide releasing. A24 is fucking on fire. Hopefully... It's more Mandy and less all the other movies A24 has put out. A24 has put out some good stuff. Well, yeah, they put out, I mean, as, talking as, about long as, later. as long as the A in A24 stands for Ari Aster, then yeah. they've been fine. But, <laughs> but they also put out it, it Comes at Night. Sure. And other elevated I, horror yeah. bullshit. I mean, that's kind of their thing is this elevated horror. That's what I'm saying. I hope this, like, I hope they're not, well, the, it, chainsaw fights are a little lowbrow, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't Mandy 24? No, it was XYZ. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we're going to find out, I guess. Fuck around and find out. That's right. That's what's up. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to talk about a board game in a second here, but before I do that, I want to talk about the box that Tony got me for Christmas. Right? Uh, Christmas yeah. or my birthday? Christmas. Uh, it was Christmas, yeah. Yeah. We just opened them late, I think. Yeah. yeah. We were... That reminds me. Don't leave here without your Christmas present. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? I... Fuck. I was telling myself, remember the PlayStation 4. Remember the PlayStation 4, and I fucking forgot it. Um, But the box is a one-person board game made by Neil Patrick Harris, and... I don't want to give anything away, but it went places I did not expect. Hmm. And it's incredibly fun. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah, for anybody interested, it, like I the I first heard of it because there is a magician slash puzzle puzzle artist, puzzle solver he, on, on YouTube. Um, he's a magician by trade, but his videos have skewed primarily towards solving puzzles um uh and uh, he actually had neil patrick harris on for an interview and they were talking about the box i'm like this really sounds like something taylor would like and i thought it was gonna be something special i'd have to order on like kickstarter or you know maybe directly through neil patrick harris like on a website his website or something but no i found it on the shelf at target so oh wow yeah so yeah if you are interested like I haven't played it myself. Taylor kind of briefed me on it, um, but yeah, from sound of it, you had a lot of fun with it. So if you're into puzzle solving and if you're like Taylor, you like board games that you don't necessarily have anybody to play with you all the time. It's definitely not like a traditional board game in, sure. any, in any sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you if you like playing analog games and like solving puzzles, there's like stuff, trivia and stuff. Yeah, uh, then yeah, look at your local target. Yeah, but. Back to the story at hand, uh, which does involve Kickstarter. Dead by Daylight, the popular video game. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight, or DBD, uh, is being adapted into a board game by Level 99 Games. Uh, this is currently on Kickstarter. It has a initial goal of $250,000. It's almost there. It's at $546,000. <laughs> 
So in other words, it's blown its goal away. Sure. I haven't looked at any of the like stretch goals or anything. So I don't know what kind of extra bonuses they're going to have for mm. being so far over. Uh, but the game is for three to five players. And as you'd expect, if you've played the video game, there's a killer against a group of survivors. The latter must move around the map, repair generators and escape, while the former must hunt down the survivors to make eight sacrifices in order to claim victory. Which is again, that's like it's the same as the as the video game. I feel like I'd be better at this than the video game. The video game is fucking hard. Right. If you if you are good at playing survival games where you have little to no I mean, if you don't have a gun or if you have like you have to like find weapons and you're good at like solving puzzles and you know, like the time to like button presses. If you're good at shit like that, then Dead by Daylight's a lot easier. I am not good at those things. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how do I fight back? And it's like, oh, no, you don't fight back. Right. You just fix the generator and then try to leave. Yeah. Like, after years of playing games like Assassin's Creed or like Hitman, like, I'm very good at being covert and like sneaking up on people and taking them out that way. Yeah. But you, you can't do that. No. That's not an option in Dead by Daylight. So I'm not good at it. Uh, so players can use the same perks you'd find in the video game with blood points being spent to use the skills, skill checks, chests for new items, and even lockers for hiding survivors. Uh, unsurprisingly, the board game won't feature any of the licensed characters from the original game. The, the video game, you can get, uh, Freddy, you can get Michael Myers, you can get Leatherface, you can get Pinhead, you can get Ash. Mm-hmm. We just, we talked about this, what, last episode? Which, what, what are we talking about? We talked about Dead by Daylight. Why? I don't remember, but we were, I remember us going over all the licensed characters mm. that they had in there. Yeah, well, there's none of that in this, because <clears throat> obviously you can't just carry over licenses mm. like that. Right. Uh, but with the standard edition of the game, you've got seven survivors and six killers to choose from. There's also going to be a collector's edition, which will have 17 survivors and 16 killers. Oh, snap. Uh, the collector's edition, which you can only get through Kickstarter. I will also have actual standees for the hooks because when you find somebody as the killer, you then have to take them to a hook and impale them on the hook. That's cool. So there will actually be little physical hooks that you will hang the people on uh, in the collector's edition. There will also be more blood point tokens, more game boards, and more perk and item cards. Uh, The standard edition will be $49 and is expected to ship in October of this year, while the collector's edition is going to set you back $99 uh, and no word yet on when that's going to ship. Board games have gone crazy, man. Well, the, the little indie ones, I think, you know, they'd have to charge a little more to for printing costs and stuff. That's No, sure, yeah. And they're definitely more elaborate. But it's like, I can remember being a kid and going to the store and buying Clue for $15. Sure, you know? yeah. Uh, and yeah, just, but you know, that Clue is Clue. It's very simple, straightforward game, or like uh, Monopoly, uh, Monopoly, or like Life, which had you know more pieces to it, so it was a little have more. Have you expensive. ever played like the old school version of Life? Where you had like the betting card, the betting card. Yeah, you could like bet on what people would roll and stuff. I don't remember that. When, I haven't played. I haven't played Life since I was probably in my preteens. Yeah, when we went to let's see, we went to Colorado with my girlfriend's family and the house that we stayed at had like this really old version of life 
Mm-hmm. And we played it, and it was super fun. And I, it, I guess they've re-released it now, but it's like the original version, and it had all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't seen it with my own eyes, and I don't really know for sure, but I think that the new version is a little more PC. Sure, yeah, more <laughs> inclusive and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, so board as, games have just gone crazy because yeah. they've become so not I mean they've, they've become kind of niche I mean like the classics all, will always have an audience but things like this yeah they've got a very you know centralized audience that they're smaller releases and you know a lot more parts a lot more thought and con- conceptualizing goes goes into it so naturally it costs more but just to think playing paying that much for a board game it's just a little bit of a sticker shock, I think. I would love to get the little stand or the little plastic pieces for Mixtape Massacre. I don't know if they sell them individually because they were part of the Director's Cut edition. Mm. But if they'd sell them individually, I would love to get those. You could learn 3D modeling and uh, make your own. I'm just get them 3D printed. I could. Probably not going to do that. that. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it sounds like a whole thing. We could uh, we could make all the licensed characters for Dead by Daylight and sell them. But like, not call them by their names for legal purposes. Call them like, like Ghoulface, like Frank Kroger. <laughs> Frank Kroger. <laughs> oh no! This is this is Miles Majors. <laughs> and then we can add ones that like didn't even weren't even in the game. Just like all the ones we wish were in there, like Jason. Yeah, but we could be like, he's like, like Justin, Justin, <laughs> Jimmy, Justin Valkyrie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the campaign goes until April twenty first. So if you want to get your hands on this, you can still do so. Uh, it's actually up to five seventy four now, almost to five hundred seventy five thousand dollars. God damn, good lord, that's a lot of money. Smack. <laughs> Remind me to remind me to put this in the show notes, Tony. Hey Taylor, put that in the show notes. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I got you. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for horror business. Uh, and you know where we go from here, guys? We're gonna talk about some movies. On to the reviews. All right, guys, so we have two brand new movies for you. Well, one's been out for a little while. Newish. Yeah, about a, what, a month, two months? Something like that. Uh, and then another one that just came out, what, last week? I think. It's been longer than that. Has it? I mean, which one are we talking about? <laughs> so we're talking about Fresh and and X. X um, has been out for like a month. Has it? I think it came out March 7th, I think is is in my head. What? Yeah, like it was. I was getting to the point where I was kind of worried it wasn't going to be in theaters by the time. Yeah, we. I went with my dad last night, and we like. Oh, March fourth. Yeah, okay. March fourth. Okay. Um, yeah, we were in the in the little theater. Oh wait, no, this is fresh. Um, oh, X. Came out. Yeah, I know. Fresh did like the um, the festival circuit before it came to Hulu. Yeah, and I uh. X premiered at South by Southwest. 
So it's been out for a little while. South X Southwest. Right. That's what they were calling it. What? That's what they were calling it. Oh, I get it. Because the movie's called X. Uh, It was Synergy. (laughs) Synergy. March 18th. But that might have been South by Southwest. Nope. South by Southwest was March 13th. Oh, okay. Well, fuck a duck. Okay. Anyway, both movies have only been out for a few weeks. A month at most. At the time of this recording. Um, which one are you going to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's, uh, let's get fresh. So fresh and so clean, clean. The women in our parents' generation, they just... They were more into femininity. You know what I mean? Because mm. I think you would just look great in a dress. You but I mean, okay? if you were... Pretty much done, actually, thank you. If it's cool, I'm just going to snag these leftovers. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Doesn't have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I... Hate this. Okay. <laughs> all our hopes of finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. Forget this. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right? So Fresh is a Hulu film. Hulu. Well, it's on Hulu. I don't think they made it. Um, directed by Lauren Kahn. Sorry, written by Lauren Kahn. Directed by Mimi Cave. Two names I'm not familiar with. Uh, apparently, this is Mimi Cave's directorial debut. Well, mazel tov, Mimi. <laughs> uh, the story centers around Noah, who is a, a young woman. A young gal. It's N-O-A. No H, so it's not like the Ark, which I don't know I've ever heard that as a girl's name. No. And like, actually, I was thinking like, Noah, Noah, that's a weird name. I'm like, wait, no, that's, that's a, not necessarily common, but a normal guy's a biblical name. biblical name, yeah. But with the H. Right. So yeah, it's just to be N-O-A. That's one of those goddamn hippie names. <laughs> Django and Roe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, played by Daisy Edgar Jones, who I I thought she looked familiar, but I like looked up her IMDb and I didn't recognize anything she had been in. Yeah, same. My uh, girlfriend was like, oh, that's Daisy Edgar Jones. And I was like, who the fuck is she? <laughs> she looks like she's been in a... I mean, she's she's English, so she's been in a bunch of English stuff that I've never watched because English stuff is a fucking snooze. Unless it's spaced. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're... 
like I said, my dad and I were at, we were at X last night and all the trailers, you know, a lot of A24 stuff because it's an A24 movie. They played, I think, a couple trailers for a couple British movies. Um, and one of them was, honestly, I, I couldn't even pay attention because it was so fucking boring just to watch the trailer. But I'm like, I leaned over my dad. I'm like, why do all these fucking British movies like look so goddamn boring? They're about a bunch of like rich British, like rich, proper British people like drinking tea. It's like, lovely day, isn't it? And that's the entire movie. <laughs> and there's like some weird love affair going on in the background. Like, who gives a shit? Anyway. So Noah. <laughs> uh, we open up and she's on a date with this guy appropriately named Chad. <laughs> Perfect. I know, like, I literally busted out when he said his <laughs> name was Chad. Because they don't tell you that till the end of the date. Right. And it took me forever to figure out why I recognize this guy, and I was disappointed to find out that I recognized him from Jane the Virgin. <laughs> One of those my shows my wife subjected me to. But it's a it's a Tinder date. It's obviously they don't call it Tinder. I don't remember. Was, do you remember what the name of the app was that she was using? I never I never saw it. Oh. But it's, you know, an online thing. Not even online. It's in one of the apps. But this guy can't pay for dinner because they're cash only. And he didn't bring any cash. Who fucking carries cash? If you know you're going to a restaurant that's cash only. I don't know. Cash only restaurant sounds a little sketchy to me. (laughs) I feel like they're probably not paying their taxes. That's possible. Are you uh you growing some mutton chops there, or is it just the way it looks right it's, now? I just don't do anything with my beard, and that's how it grows in. Fair enough. <laughs> Tell me you are so white, so ingrained with white trash that your facial hair just grows in like that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> 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 so Noah, Jesus Christ, I'm never going to get through this fucking movie. Nope. Noah is on a date. This guy didn't bring cash, makes her pay, uh, takes the leftovers for his brother who's in town. Right. And he's got a scarf on. Yeah. Oh, and then like, well, I, I don't know. Maybe you'll touch on this. Just his, his I'm dem- going to touch on you. Oh, boy. <laughs> his just whole, whole demeanor and the way he's talking to her is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he's very pretentious. Um, and he, yeah, he gets a scarf in... Puts like he reaches when he's reaching across the table to steal her leftovers. His scarf goes in his food, so he's just like yelling at the waitress. He's like, "I need sparkling water. Do you understand? Sparkling bubbles." Right. And he's like, "I don't think she speaks English." And then like, like she's wearing clothes that are pretty common for for women nowadays. Just kind of um, you know loose fitting. She's wearing a sweater. Was she was it a sweater? I thought it was like a button up. No, it was a sweater. Top. Okay, but it's yeah, kind of loose fitting. It looked like it was probably one of the colder months or something. Yeah, it takes place in Oregon apparently. Yeah, um, but nothing I would have noticed. But he says, you know, I don't want to say anything. I don't. Or still basically like kind of like tiptoeing, saying. You know, I think you look great, but I think you'd look even better in a dress. Yeah, he's like, our parents' generation, I just feel like women tried more. Yeah. When he, what he should have said was nothing. <laughs> and that's when the, I knew this date was fucking going south. Yeah. And like they leave and he walks out the door and just lets the door 
swing back and hit her. And Cindy's just like, this was fun. And she's like, yeah, we, we're, we're not going to work out like this. She says, we're not, we're not a match. Yeah. And he's just like, fine, whatever, you pretentious bitch. Yeah, he's like, I was just being nice. You're yeah. not my type anyway. It turns into every single dating show you've ever seen. Yeah. Where it's just like, once someone gets eliminated, they're like, whatever, she wasn't that hot anyways. It's <laughs> like you were just telling her that she was the most beautiful woman on the, on the planet yeah. five minutes ago. So you are lying now. Or you were lying or then. you lying then. Either way, you're a liar. Yeah. Pants on fire. Why don't you go home and watch a movie like Liar Liar or What Lies Beneath <laughs> or Narnia because there's a lion in it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, so Noah meets up with her friend Molly, tells her, you know, dating fucking sucks. And Molly basically just tells her, you know, you're a strong, independent woman. You don't need no man. Yep. She's either bi or or lesbian. Yeah, I got that too. But she, the only person she ever talks about hooking up with is this guy Paul. Right. But I definitely got the vibe too because she says something about that's why I like a, a straight women. woman's nightmare, or straight woman's dream. When yeah. when skipping ahead, when Noah meets Steve, she says it sounds like a, a straight woman's dream. Yeah, and at one point she says, you know, that's why I like I forget exactly what she said, but she's. I forget what she was referring to, but she said, that's why I like dating women. Oh, I don't remember that line. So but she also said something about like, no man is good enough for you. No one is good enough for you or something like that. Or it was like no man. And then it expanded to no one. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, but then that night she's at the grocery store. I, actually, I don't know if it's that night, but she's at the grocery store and she meets Steve played by Sebastian Stan. Steve. Steven. Uh, of course, Bucky the Winter Soldier, also Tommy Lee. <laughs> Still haven't watched that. I have. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, I keep hearing it's good. I just I haven't watched the last episode. I've watched the the first seven. Mm. Yeah, I, it's like it's on my list, but it, I just I'm working on other stuff. Mm. I just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so, but so Steve is just like super nerdy and neurotic and he's you know talking to her about cotton candy grapes you ever had one of those yes i don't think it tastes like cotton candy but it's an interesting taste yeah they're they're much sweeter than regular grapes Mm -hmm. they definitely taste like candy-ish but i don't know about cotton candy yeah but yeah so they have this moment bonding over cotton candy grapes because he says he's going to his sister's house and his like nieces and nephews he was getting them for his nieces and nephews yeah, I didn't catch that, so I'll take your word for it. Something like that. And then he was like, he was like, can I have your phone number? He's like, I'm not going to call you. I just need a story to tell my sister or <laughs> whatever it was. So she gives him her number and apparently gave him her real number. I was kind of expecting her to just give him a fake number. Yeah. But he was like, I won't text you, even though I want to. <laughs> so he's very nerdy. But like a guy who looks like Sebastian Stan has no business being that nervous. <laughs> right. <laughs> So she, you know, kind of wonders if he's ever actually going to contact her. She meets with Molly over burritos and Molly's just like, this happened a couple nights ago and you're just now telling me. Um, but finally he does text her and he says, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet you for a drink. So they go out to this bar. She orders a Manhattan with as many cherries as the bartender can spare. <laughs> he brings like an entire cup of cherries. He's yeah. like, is that enough? She's like, I meant like three. <laughs> 
ladies love the cherries. Yep. <laughs> debating whether I should make an inappropriate joke there. Probably not. Um, Just remember, what you should have said <laughs> was nothing. Yeah, if you're wondering if you should, you probably should. <laughs> so they hang out. They start hanging out more and more. They fuck. I wasn't sure if they fucked at first because like, I thought that maybe he just went down on her and that was the end of it because mm-hmm. that was kind of the impression they got. Yeah. But then she talks. She says that they she says later that they had sex. But they start hanging out. They could kind of more or less become a couple. They never really have the talk, but yeah, just I mean, it, it seems that it's more than casual, but yeah, but it's very fast. Very fast, yeah. And Molly is kind of leery of how fast it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have any social media accounts. Yeah, and, and Molly's like, that's a red flag. No yeah. Instagram? That's a red flag. Yeah, and it's like, you know, before I really saw... Because I went into this movie not knowing what it was about. Like, I'd heard it was great. I heard a lot of people saying a lot of... You know, there was, there was a good movie, but I knew nothing about it. <clears throat> So I had no idea where it was going. And so before things really started to kind of unfold and he's saying, yeah, I don't have Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I'm like, I admire that. Yeah. And then Molly's saying how sketchy that is. And it's a red flag. And I'm like, is it, is it, have we come, come to that point in society where somebody not having social media is sketchy? I mean, to millennials, I think. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. This girl played Noah. She's born in 98. And that made me feel (laughs) so fucking old. <clears throat> um, why did you say that to me? <laughs> but Steve says, "Hey, we should we should go on a trip. We should we should go on a long weekend together." And she kind of hems and haws, but eventually agrees. And so he comes and picks her up, and he's like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna go to Cottage Grove. I think it was Cottage Grove." Yeah. Um, he was like, "But first, we have we have to stop by my place." Because he got off work late or something, he's a plastic surgeon, and so he he had to work late. So he's like, "We're you know just if it's okay, we're going to stop at my place and we'll stay there the night and then head out first thing in the morning." Right. So they get to his place, which is in the middle of nowhere. That's a red flag. Yep. <laughs> but at that point, I mean, you've kind of dug your grave. Yeah, I mean, she was in it to win it. So <laughs> she's in it to win it. <laughs> she didn't really think anything of it. You know, he's a plastic surgeon, so obviously he's got this big, nice house. Yeah. So they go in. He makes a couple cocktails, and all of a sudden she blacks out. Yeah. It's true. That's what happened. She wakes up, chained to the wall, with a bed that was sunk into the floor, which I know this probably wasn't the takeaway I was supposed to take, but I was like, that's kind of awesome. Right? I was like, I just want a floor of mattresses. <laughs> yeah, and like that red carpet looked so fluffy. <laughs> like, but not like, not like, uh, like, uh, furry, like the shag carpet, just a puffy, just soft, ca- yeah. soft carpet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, imagine just like a room with like, like six mattresses in the middle. I was like, you could have the best wrestling matches in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when uh, when we were kids, my parents were having the carpet in the house replaced, 
And so we had to dismantle, we had like these captain beds. So we had to dismantle them. And so we, until the carpet was done being installed, we just had to sleep on mattresses on the floor. And we thought that was so fucking cool. <laughs> and like to look back on it now, like if I was to do that as an adult, I'd look like, like I was poor or homeless right. or something or a drug addict. <laughs> uh, but uh, back then it was fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sleeping on the floor. There's rules. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> So, the next day, Noah wakes up. She's like, you know, are, are you going to rape me? And Steve was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to rape you. I'm going to sell your meat. <laughs> I feel like if it was me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> You're going to sell my what now? <laughs> Ah, uh, their meat is delicious. <laughs> the fuck is that? Takioli? <laughs> Who is this? Who did this? <laughs> I want to meet him and shake his hand. I want to meet him and punch him in the face. That is a travesty. <laughs> Sorry, I was just showing Taylor a funny picture. I thought that was like from your wife. I was like, no. what what is she doing? <laughs> is she stoned? <laughs> yeah, my wife's stoned. <laughs> stoned at home with your baby. She's like, I made Takioli. <laughs> stay there. Don't move. I'm coming home. <laughs> Do not eat the Takioli. <laughs> at least put Parmesan on it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we find out. That Steve is a butcher of human meat. Yeah. He talks about his clients a couple times. They show just like some random fat cats. But every time they show him, there's like this symbol. It's like a goat's head, like a satanic goat's head. But they never go into that. Yeah. I kept wanting to find out more about who these people were that he was making them food for. Yeah. I don't know. He said, like he says, at one point she like asks him who... He's selling this stuff too, and he says, "You know, it's a, it's a small market." It's yeah. Basically, he says the one percent of a one percent. Right. So, which if they left it at that, I wouldn't have been so curious. But they kept showing this symbol, like it was like a hunting party or something from uh, Hostel. <laughs> Just people who like to live deliciously, I guess. Like Black Phillip, right? Yep. Um. How much can I give away here? Basically, Steve, he likes to kidnap these young women and he chains them up and he sells their meat. Apparently, the meat is best fresh. Ah, there it is. Like the movie. Uh, meaning the person is still alive. So we find out he's got at least two other girls chained up that we, they can talk through the walls. And he's like, one of them is missing a leg. Uh, and. Yeah, he just cuts their meat off while they're alive. Yeah. Yeah, there's the girl next next room over, Penny. And we only, at first, we only really get like aerial shots of her just to see what kind of condition she's in. And then there's another girl that we never actually see. Yeah. Except for the pictures. And she's apparently been there so long and been hacked up so much that she's just lost her mind. Yeah. We do see him cooking part of her at one point. Right. So we know she's at least missing a, I think it was a leg, looked like a thigh. Right. 
yeah, I, I mean, I don't really want to give away too much. So Molly gets suspicious, obviously. Um, she's texting with Noah, but Noah's responses are a little sketchy. They always, when they get off the phone with each other, they always say, one says, I love you. The other one says, I love you more. And Molly says, I love you. And Noah responds with a heart emoji. So she's like, hmm. Right. Scratches her beard. <laughs> right. Hmm. Something's amiss. Yeah. Um, and so her and this bartender slash former fuck buddy, Paul, kind of team up to find out what's going on with Steve and try and rescue Noah. Right. Yeah. Um, not too bad. Pretty that was pretty good. It's it's not really a horror movie per se. Um, I mean, the tone of it is more. I don't even want to call it a thriller because it's much. It's too slow paced to be a thriller. I'd say. Um, I mean, if I had to classify it, I think it'd, it'd be thriller. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I think the end kind of turns more into horror, though. I think IMDb and Wikipedia both describe it as a comedy thriller. Comedy thriller. It's got funny parts, but nothing knee slapper, you know, nothing I'd actually qualify as comedy, but yeah. whatever. <clears throat> I would say moments of levity more so than it actually being a comedy right. by genre. But no, it's pretty good. It's not, you know, it's not scary, but it's, it's fucked up, especially when you like stop and think about if this could happen to you. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it is happening somewhere. I mean, maybe. We'd probably never know about it. But, like, at one point I said to my girlfriend, I was like, why does he keep getting all these skinny broads? Yeah. Get get somebody with some meat on their bones. I mean, because that's fat mostly, though. You don't really really want... You need good fat. You need fish and amino acids. (laughs) Well, I mean... Omega-3s. You know, you think about, like, the, the meat... Like as far as like animal meat, that was another thing. Like early on in the movie, he says like they're eating Chinese food in I think her apartment, and uh, he says, "Oh, this is all great, but I I don't eat animals." Right. And it's like at the again, not knowing what this movie was about, didn't even process it. It's like okay, well he doesn't eat meat. Turns out he does eat meat. Just he doesn't eat animals. Yeah. Um. But uh, shit, where was I going with that? And there's also a part when they first go back to her apartment, she says, can I get you something to drink or something to eat? And he says, just you. Uh, That was uh, before they fuck. (laughs) All night long. All night. Um, Yeah. It uh, is very... Like girl power. Oh yeah, for movie. sure. And like there's no guy in this movie that's really a good guy. They all kind of suck. I mean Paul. Till the end. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't want to spoil it. Just like I'll say that throughout the movie, you seem like Paul, the bartender, and, you know, um, shit, what was her name? Molly. Molly's um, 
former Leva. Uh, seems like he's going to be like the good guy and may actually end up kind of being like some kind of like male savior, which I think would kind of undo a lot of stuff that's been building up in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the White Knight. Yeah, but then he just blows it all to shit at, at the very end. And yeah. That's, that's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but it just... There are... He doesn't turn out to be a bad guy. Just He just turns out to be a bad hero. <laughs> yeah, just kind of a chicken shit. <clears throat> um, and, uh, yeah, this is... There are... I mean, it's, it's not a very big cast. I'd say they're probably... About just as many men as there are women in it. About half and half. Maybe, maybe... A, one or two more women yeah. than, than men. Um, but yeah, there are no good men in this movie. Yeah. They're all kind of shitty in their own way. Some more so than others, but obviously. Um, but Steve is not like, he's, he's not a butcher. He's not just, you know, somebody who kidnaps people and hacks them up and sends their body parts off to places. He's a connoisseur. You know, he, like I said, he's a plastic surgeon. So he takes his time to get the best cuts and everything, and he makes meals. Yeah. Yeah, and like... Um, At one point, he makes like a nice pasta pasta fajoule <laughs> with a big meatball on top. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Noah's asking him if, it's, if he only takes women. And he says, that's where the market is, and plus women just taste better. So... It's it's I mean it's got to be something about just lifestyle I guess like you're talking to, to, about taking big women or like you know they could also taste like take like a like a muscular woman but like same with animals you know like muscular animals their meat is very tough yeah um, whereas like you know think of something like well like I said you also don't want someone too fatty right because that's all it's gonna be it's just fat just nothing left on that plate but fat and gristle yeah and it's like that's why you don't, like you don't eat a bull, because bulls are very muscular and sh- like strong. We eat strong like, like bull, strong like bull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, like, that's where that phrase comes from. Same like like pork. Pork is a very fatty animal, so you got to find like choice cuts. Uh, and then there's something like veal, where veal is calf meat, very tender because the the muscles are not big that haven't been used much. So I figure that's probably kind of a, a, a similar mindset as far as the human meat market. <laughs> I wonder too about him, you know, like just keeping them locked up, not letting them exercise and stuff. If that's part of part of that, maybe. Um, he did say that. Uh, he said like I think he told her to like calm down or like you know, calm down, just calm down. <laughs> says that fear and and stress make the meat tough or something like yeah that. stringy i think he says something like that yeah um so yeah connoisseur seemed to know what he likes but um and at one point he even says too he's like if, if it's prepared properly it's like nothing you can imagine right um he was he was like you know if he says something along the lines of you know it's, it's fine or whatever. And then, but then he's like, but if prepared properly. And I was like, if you say it tastes like chicken, I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
imagining what a human would taste like is not something you put a lot of thought into, but I just kind of always figured it probably tastes like pork. I don't really know why. Just that's kind of where my mind went. I I mean, I've heard from like true crime podcasts and stuff that it's it's allegedly disgusting, which is weird to me because I'm like, why would people do it then? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem worth a taboo if it's not good. Yeah. I've heard that you can get sick and possibly even die from eating human meat, but I don't know if that's true. But, but then you get the hunger. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, I'm the weirdo. Says <laughs> so the guy with the popsicle, his, popsicle in his mouth and the yogurt up his ass. <laughs> but no, it was pretty good. It was a little, a little slow at times, but... um. No, it was good. Acting was all very good. Mm-hmm. Set was sets were cool. Yeah, it was all very contained, but um, I mean, all most of the movie took place inside of this house, which, for lack of a better term, has a dungeon. But it's the most or posh multiple, dungeon, yeah. <laughs> most posh dungeon I've ever seen. Right. Um, I feel like at one point he comes to um to Noah and says, you know, I'll, I'll, come and get you at seven and she's like i have no idea what time it is right. he's just like i know yeah. yeah i found it interesting that like you know i think do we ever actually even get a glimpse of melissa i can't remember no just a photo okay well penny when we do see her she's in like basically a hospital gown yeah whereas noah penny is the girl from kim's convenience for people who have seen that oh never watched it it's good. You should. I've heard it's problematic. Really? Yeah. I've heard. I mean, like. Oh, we behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, I've heard that like Asians actually take offense to it. Oh, I I know there was like some problems with some of the actors and some of the writers that like they wanted a different representation than what the writers actually did. Mm. So there was problems behind the scenes. But as far as on screen, I don't know of any. But I'm also white. Sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like Penny is wearing like a hospital gown and we have to presume that Melissa is too, but Noah, she's wearing regular clothes and she's actually sitting there flipping through old magazines and written, I thought it interesting, written in the spine of what, or like, yeah, the spine of one of the pages of magazine says, if you're reading this, it means that he likes you. Use that, stay strong, and stay alert, or something something along those lines. And it was signed, presumably, from another girl who had been there at one right. point. So she seems to take that advice to heart and tries to keep herself. Well, because also when she's talking to Penny, and she says that, she says, you know, I never should have slept with him. And Penny was just like, wait, you slept with him? Yeah. And so what? that's not part of the, the, the game, apparently. Right. And, and, you know, uh she even asked Steve, why did you sleep with me? And he's like, because I liked you. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Steve is so, like, matter of fact about things. He's not, like, he's clearly very aware of what he's doing. And so he's not, like, a crazy psychopath or anything, you know. But he's, uh, like I said, when, when she says, you know, I have no idea what time it is. And he's just like, I know. Yeah. So he doesn't really feel pity. It doesn't see him. He's he's a sociopath, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and everything he does is very measured. This is old hat for him. Yeah. 
Um, he's clearly been doing this for a while. He says he first became a cannibal when he was 19. Right. I don't know when he started when he got selling it. In the biz. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good movie. It's an interesting plot. And, uh, overall, I kind of got pet vibes well. sometimes. Remember that movie pet? Oh yeah. With Dominic, uh, what's his name? Purse. No, not Purcell. It's a different guy. I can't remember. You know, you guy know from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. I got some, like, inkling of, like, Get Out. I don't know. I can't put my finger on why. Just some of it kind of reminded me of Get Out. But more with gender roles than race? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and the fact that this is a, 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 a rookie director was makes it all the more impressive, I think. Yeah, there's, I mean, cinematography is not anything, you know, you haven't seen before, but it's also not annoying or anything. There's no, like, weird camera angles that they're like, let's try this weird shit. Um, I did like when she, like, blacks out, they kind of, it's a POV shot, and it has, like, blurred edges, and it just kind of gets blurrier and blurrier. Yeah, did did a very good job at capturing what you feel like when you're you're about about to to black out. Like when you've had too much to drink and like everything just looks real weird. <laughs> and then you're like, whoops. <laughs> so I just, I just need to. Just... <laughs> and it, it's funny, like when she passes out, this is something I've seen like a million times over whenever somebody drugs someone, but how he just sits there so calmly when she mm-hmm. just hits the floor. It was kind of funny. Um, oh, also, the opening credits are 35 minutes into this movie. Right, yeah. That was so weird. I, like, didn't think about it until, like, it's when she passes out. She hits the floor, and then, like, it's, it pops up fresh. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was going to be it. And then it, like, actually went into opening credits. Yeah. Was it 30? Was it 35? That was 33. I, it was right. between 30 and 35. I rounded up. I was going to say because we're at 33 minutes right now. Oh. <laughs> Just about That's, wrapping I that. things up. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Nothing goes without foresight on the Grave Blood podcast. Obviously. Obviously. When we start talking about whatever we were talking about before we started talking about Mel Gibson, we always knew we were going to launch into Mel Gibson <laughs> at some point. And when we do record a three-hour episode, totally planned. Always planned. <laughs> Has nothing to do with us uh, going on diatribes. <laughs> anyway. Um, anything else to say about this one? I mean, it's on Hulu, so it's, it's worth your time. If fuck it. Yeah. Also, Disney must just, must just own Sebastian Stan or something. Yeah. Cause yeah, Pam and Tommy is a Hulu. Yep. And then he was Bucky. That's Marvel. Yep. yep. We watched free guy the other day. And like at the end when they start doing all the Marvel stuff and they're doing something some other Disney stuff. And I was just like, this movie is just Disney flexing their mon- their muscles. Oh, absolutely. Being like, look at all the shit we own. Yeah. It's like, it's not as bad as like Ready Player One, where that was just Warner Brothers just shitting all over their own movie. Or Space Jam, New Legacy. Sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. I did the part with the shield. That was funny. Yes. <laughs> what the shit? Anyway, okay, so 
In there, conclusion. I'm glad we got in our free guy thing that we talked about doing earlier. Yep. <laughs> Everything's planned. Totally. Uh, seven? Yeah. Yeah, seven's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next up is the new Ty West joint. X. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X factor. Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we come. This is it. Our own studio backlog. You're looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly son of a bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. I just want He don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to? Come inside. What's your boss? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Inside. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. All right, so X, uh, like I said, uh, new movie by Ty West, per, uh, directed, written, and produced by Ty West. Um, Multi hyphenate. Right. But, you know, he's been around a while. He can do that. Uh, starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega. Martin Henderson and Brittany Snow, uh, and some other people you probably wouldn't recognize, so they're kind of irrelevant. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it uh, takes place in 1979 in Texas. Texas. <laughs> um, and uh, it centers around uh, Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> who. Uh, I, I guess he must own a strip club. Um, the, the buy you something. I don't remember. Shit. Anyway, it's a, yeah, it's a strip, some shitty strip club, in was it Houston 
or did it say specifically? I don't know. If they said, I didn't pay attention. Um, well, I mean, there's a, there's an oil refinery, so we have to maybe assume it was Houston. Um, but yeah, so somewhere in Texas in 1979, yeah, there's a shitty fucking strip club right next to a fucking scrapyard. <laughs> Um, and yeah, scrapyard here, oil refinery there. Strip club here. Right. But I mean, I think probably guys working at scrapyard and re- oil refinery are going to be your primary clientele. They're going to get their b- big ass paychecks and they're going to spend them. They're going to want to see some titties. TNA. Some TNA. TNA. like some tits. Want to see some goddamn fucking tits, I'll tell you what. Never seen so much gas in your life. <laughs> Hashtag slit slam 2016. You know a gin smash? <laughs> you ever had a gin gash? <laughs> <coughs> anyway, so Wayne. Uh, I presume he, he owns the Wayne? strip club. Wayne owns the strip club. All right now, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk like McMurray the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, clench your jaw and talk through your teeth like McMurray. Um, God damn, I keep losing my place. Talking about Wayne. Wayne, who I think is a strip club owner. I don't I don't know for sure. It seemed that way, but maybe. Yeah. And and his best gal, Maxine, uh, played by Mia Goth. Um, they're getting together this crew to drive off into the countryside and make a porn film. Can we start calling him uh, McConaughey? Because I don't know if it was an actor decision or a director decision, but it definitely feels like they were like, be McConaughey. <laughs> that guy, he, he's he's a, I believe he's a Kiwi. Oh, really? Yeah. He's either, he's either New Zealand or Australian. I can't remember which. Yeah, New Zealand. Uh, he covers up his accent very well. The first time I heard him use his natural accent, I was like, very surprised. <clears throat> and then, of course, Mia Goth is British. In it. Hmm? In it. In it. Um, so they get together. Uh, let's see. Bobby Lynn, played by Brittany Snow, and Jackson Hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't realize his last name was Hole. Me neither. <laughs> uh, they, they pile into the van along with... Uh, the guy who's directing, RJ, and his girlfriend, who's played by Jenna Ortega, um, they pile into a van and they take off into the countryside. Uh, they have basically Airbnb'd this little, what he called he call it something specific. I can't remember what. It's, it's, it's a like a little guest house, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a guest house out uh, for a farmhouse that looks almost exactly like the farmhouse from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I guess this does have a cold open that takes place 24 hours into the future. Oh, that's true. Um, where the sheriff rolls up to this house. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. Like at the beginning, it opens up and it looks like a 16 millimeter. Mm-hmm. But as it starts to zoom in, we realize that the framing was actually just barn doors. Yeah, and it actually expands out into full screen, but it was an interesting thing because this has a very strong Texas Chainsaw feel to it for sure. Um, 
anyway, but yeah, so the sheriff and all the sheriff's men uh, couldn't put Humpty Dumpty <laughs> together again. Uh, yeah, this place is just strewn with bodies, like blood and guts and bodies everywhere. And they're just like, oh, my God. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then it jumps back 24 hours. It says 24 hours earlier. And that's where we are now. The gang arrives at this place, um, and they find, they knock on the door, and... What Walt, is, Walter? Walter? Is that his name? No, Howard. 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 Um, the old people's name. It took me almost to the end of the movie just to get Pearl's name. And I don't think I ever got his name. Howard... Uh, this guy who looks like fucking Jesus' father. Um, <laughs> fucking Crypt Keeper's dad. Yeah. Um, comes walking up to the door. He's like, who are you? You from the, the county or whatever? He points a shotgun at Wayne. And he's like, no, 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 man. We talked on the phone. We talked about renting out your uh, guest house for uh, a boarding, boarding house. Is that what he called it? Uh, ring out your... Yeah, your your guest house uh, for 30, 30 bucks or whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Um, so he takes him out to the house, and it's just, you know, it's kind of a rundown place, but no no real state of dis- disrepair, I guess. Um, and he's like, I don't recall you saying you're bringing so many people with you. Like, yeah, about that. Here's a little extra cash, and shut up and go away. Um, and I think it's at this point where he says, you know, my wife is at the house. She's not well. Just stay away. Fucking stay keep it down. Or, yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't get the impression he knew what they were up to. Otherwise he may have been a little less accommodating, accommodating, but they, they get right to work. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole just start pounding away. Just fucking. I think this was Brittany Snow's first topless scene. Yeah. I can tell you one thing. It wasn't Mia Goth's first. No, sir. Pretty I, sure Mia Goth, when they're like, all right, here's a script. And she's like, where's the nudity? Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've seen her in a movie where she didn't take her topless. Yeah. Not just topless. topless. She seems to like to get naked naked. Yeah. There's a movie called Nymphomaniac where she mm-hmm. pees on a lady. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there you, there you go. For all you water aficionados, water sports aficionados. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who she used to be married to? Uh, Frank Grillo. Nope. Damn. Fucking Louis Stevens himself, Shia LaBeouf. What? Yeah. Or, I don't know, they're married or engaged, one of the two. Anyway, so, yeah, they're, they're just going at it. And RJ is, he's an auteur. Yeah, he wants to make an artistic porn film. Like, like similar to, like, the the kind of erotic film, like, film noir stuff out of France. Like, he wants to be very artistic about it. And Wayne seems excited about it. And he's like, after after their scene finishes, he says, "Man, people are gonna pay a lot of money to see what we just saw." In feel there. how hard my cock is. <laughs> he grabs RJ's hand, puts it on his dick. He's like, "Feel how hard my cock is." And uh, you know, RJ's like, "Yeah, man. You know, you know why people are gonna want to watch it? Because I'm not filming it like a porn movie. I'm 
it, it, filming it like art. I'm making a I'm making a film here. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's excited about the 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 artistic element of it and making a a well produced porn film. Yeah, and this is just before Betamax and VHS you know, a few years down the line really started to take hold. So they're Wayne actually says that they're they're gonna, you know, get on top of the the home video market because people are gonna be able to watch porn in their homes and the privacy of their own homes for the first time. And so he's like, people are gonna eat this kind of shit up. And that and that's essentially their their goals because they think they're gonna be famous making this movie. Yeah. Uh, Jackson's not really having it though. He's like, "Hey, bud, how about you just point the camera and let me do the fucking right?" Yeah, he's like, "RJ's like, all right, let's slow it down. I want to see the passion." <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, little boy. <laughs> um, let's see. Maxine, while they're doing this scene, she's just kind of wandering around. She takes a dip in the—is that a pond? Or just water. A pool, pond. Pond would be good for you. <laughs> um, lake? Might have been a lake. Something. Something with fucking grimy-ass water. Like, I wouldn't get in there fully clothed, let alone naked. But it is but Mia Goth. But you're not Mia Goth, so. <laughs> You have to pay her more to not take her clothes off, I think. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Um, Most of the movie, she's walking around in overalls with nothing underneath. Right. Um, anyway, so she yeah, she strips down and she uh, hops in the water, and she's just kind of floating around. And in the distance, we kind of see this gray hair poking around in the in the in the bush. Not not her bush, the bush as in the bushes, <laughs> the f- foliage, foliage, foliage. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah. And so this is the first glimpse we get of how Howard's wife, Pearl, Pearl. Um, and, uh, she makes her way or she, she, why did, why did she go to the house? Somebody prompts her to go to the house, isn't it? Or isn't there? Or she just wander up there. Some, no, something definitely. Does she talk to Pearl? She doesn't see Pearl until she gets into the house. She like wanders into the house, which is just uncouth. Yeah. So for some reason, I mean, she goes up to the screen. I mean, you didn't mention that Jim almost got eaten by a gator. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't really think it was important to the plot. I don't want to be I'm trying to avoid explaining the whole fucking movie like I tend to do. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Colt the Splat. That's what we do. We just talk about the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, she wanders in the house, and that's where she sees Pearl, who's just this real old lady. She's super old. Um, Crypt Keeper's mom. Right. She offers her some lemonade. Lemonade. That cool, refreshing drink. Milk, milk, lemonade. <laughs> uh, women don't like it when you do that to them. <laughs> you don't say it. <laughs> Like, I did it to my wife, and, like, she didn't like it, but she thought it was so stupid that it was funny, so she's laughing. 
So she was like torn. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they sit down to some lemonade, and Maxine's just real creeped out. So she basically just pounds this entire glass of lemonade, uh, and she's like, "Oh, I should be going. I'm gonna be hitting that dusty road, <laughs> hitting the old dusty trail." Um, and uh, Pearl walk kind of walks her out and um, starts showing her some pictures on the wall. And I was telling you earlier, like I'm looking at these pictures, I'm like, that looks like Mia Goth. But it's Pearl and her husband from you know just after the First World War, so sixty years ago. Um, and uh, and it looks like she w- was a, was a dancer, like a like a ballerina. Um, so, and she's like, I think she says something like, you know, treasure your youth or something along those lines. And, uh, that's when Maxine, she just takes off. She's real freaked out. She, uh, that's when Wayne finds her, tells her to get ready for her scene. And, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting too, too in the weeds here. Basically, they're filming the movie, and we slowly find out that these, uh, that Pearl. Pearl watches um, Maxine and Jackson fuck through the window. Yeah. Pearl, she's, she kind of discovers what's going on, like what they're doing, because they actually sneak out of the guest house to go film a scene in the barn. And Pearl. Because it's the farmer's daughter. Right. That's the name of the movie. Daughters. Right. Um. Anyway, so she, uh, yeah, she sees what's going on, and she starts getting randy. She's into it. (laughs) So she gets herself all gussied up as best you can. Do you remember that, Seinfeld? Yeah. (laughs) She's into it. I can't be a threesome guy. (laughs) I need all kinds of robes and oils. I believe the term is menage, menage a trois. trois. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so she goes. She goes to try and turn on her old man, and he's like, basically, like, no, bitch. He's he's like, I'm so old. <laughs> Look at me. I'm I'm old. old. My old balls. <laughs> no, he basically says, I can't. You know, my heart, my heart, yeah. my heart can't take it's it. Not, it's not a, not a uh, erectile dysfunction. It's, it's his heart, apparently. Yeah. Because when he was saying, he was like, you know, you know, I can't. I was just like, yeah, he can't get it up. Yeah. And he was like, my heart. And I was like, oh, I mean, good for you. I guess you can still get it up then. But we learn, we learn. That <laughs> well, you're going to learn today. <laughs> everything seems to be functioning for the old man. I was going to say, when you were like, I couldn't remember their name. And I was like, you don't remember her screaming, fuck me, Howard, fuck me, Howard. Oh, no, I guess I don't. Fuck me, Santa. Fuck me, Santa. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, when she gets shut down by Howard, that just kind of... She gots to have it. Yeah, she, that kind of breaks her. So she goes on some kind of revenge quest of one sort or another and just starts killing these... Pornographers, yeah, just left and right, in some pretty gruesome ways. Yeah, 
Um, and that's the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 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 a nutshell. What do you think? It's good. Good. And uh, in I know my voice got high, so you know you know there's a but. <laughs> in typical Thai West fashion, it takes a while to get started. Yeah. But at least we got some fucking to watch. Right. <laughs> Which I wonder if that was like deliberate by Ty West. He's like, look, I know my movies always take a really long time to get to the point. What if we just have some people fucking first? <laughs> just, people will enjoy watching that. It'll get them through to when the movie actually gets going. They aren't like watching titties flap around. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my my teenage self was very appreciative of him getting Britney Snow tapas. Topless. Mm, topless. Topless. <laughs> he brought Brittany Snow Topless? That's He's a good guy. And I, I like that not only did he do that, but that you appreciated it. <laughs> I like a nice gesture, you know? <laughs> Even if it's not for me. Even if it's just some small plates. <laughs> <laughs> it's the small things that matter, you know? Literally. <laughs> Oh, and I forgot, like, Jenna Ortega, who's in this movie for some reason. <laughs> she's like, she's had a busy year. I mean, she was in Scream 5. She was in... Um, Others. Uh, oh, Studio 666 uh, and this. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, a lot of... Three movies in one year. That's that's busy. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're all necessarily filmed at the same time, but... I think Studio 666 was filmed a little while ago, wasn't it? I have no idea, honestly. Hmm. R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that. Man, that... I don't, it's been, what, a, a week or two? Yeah. Still stings. That, that's fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like... He was the coolest guy to have my name. <laughs> now you're like... Like, you're still not cool but like you're a little more cool because he's not around anymore <laughs> I moved up like on the list of cool tailors you've moved up a peg <laughs> um, am I still behind Taylor Swift though I mean she's very rich that's true <laughs> and it's like she just she's a fucking marketing master because she made a huge publicity stink about the producer who wouldn't let her have her own music she Made money just because she was doing that. Like, I think people bought more of her albums because she was doing that. And then she went out and re recorded the same shit she released over the last decade, and people bought it again. <laughs> she is a fucking genius. Yeah. It's still the same dog shit music, but fucking A, she's brilliant. <laughs> or she has a good marketing team or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, Foo Fighters was. I was never like a, like an avid fan, you know, like a like you know Foo Fighters or Die that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And some people are, um, but yeah, Foo Fighters are always around, you know. Just and they were always good. Yeah, like, everything they put out was good. Yeah, and it's like it's 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 good. They had some real, like, real good shit in there, like, you know, like Everlong, My Hero, mm-hmm. and Learn to Fly, and that kind of stuff. Those kind of things always popped up. But as far as their entire albums, it was always just good stuff to have on in the background, you know? Sure, yeah. Or, like, you know, I put on 
Foo Fighters while I was on, like, a long drives and stuff. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that's a bummer. And it's like, you know, they can go on. Dave can play drums. And he actually, apparently, like, the first tour that Taylor was on, Dave had actually recorded the drums for that album. Well, th- wasn't the first Foo Fighter albums just Dave? Could have been. Maybe the first one or two or something. Yeah, I think the, the self-titled one was was just Dave Grohl, if okay. I remember correctly. He has a fucking virtuoso. Yeah, he is. He's a fucking rock star. <laughs> Had a problem with that? Ask Jimmy Page. <laughs> anyway, so. um, Yeah, this one it wasn't as, as slow as some of his older movies. Um, you know, like, like The Innkeepers was just a slog. I know a lot of people like House of the Devil, but I didn't care for it. I just felt like it was a bunch of nothing happening until the very end. I fucking to this day I hate House of the Devil. I know it's got a huge following. People yeah. love that movie. I still I still think it fucking sucks. Um, I was talking to my dad on the way into the theater. It's like you know I like Ty West, but he's really half and half for me. Like sometimes you like we we both like the Sacrament. Yeah, and others. <laughs> I liked when he got an arrow through his face and you're next. Right. Was he? I swear my dad, my dad said he was in this, but I didn't see him. I don't remember seeing him anywhere. So I think he's wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But yeah, this one I thought was, was much better paced. Yeah, no, this, this definitely played. Cause he, this this was much more akin to like your next, yeah. As far as pacing style, it wasn't. He wasn't necessarily trying to go for this elevated horror that he tends to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of classic, not even slasher, just classic. Like blood. that was like I expected this to be a slasher just because it's so clearly influenced by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, um, but it it's not. Yeah. It's, Kind of is, but it's got um, a like a psycho thing to it. Yeah, which is funny because I actually mentioned psycho in the movie. Yeah, <clears throat> there's also a scene that was very clearly inspired by zombie. <laughs> right, that was grim. Even though it was real quick. Yeah, there's something that they did, and I'm still on the fence of whether or not I like it or not. Is they would enter. Splice the like the beginning of the next scene with the end of the first scene. Oh yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I thought it was creative, but I couldn't decide if I actually liked it, and I thought it was, or, you know, if I thought it was distracting. Um, but it was definitely creative. Um, not really complex, just kind of something you don't really see very often. Yeah. Um, it was kind of confusing though when they would show like one character doing one thing and then the same character like doing something else and you're like wait is that the same person? Right. <clears throat> um, are they there? If they're there then you realize that oh wait that's later. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah I mean like I I don't really have a lot of complaints about this. No I don't either. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I mean, the cast, cast, cast was really good. Um, 
I, I thought it was interesting that they kind of made s- sort of a slasher movie that wasn't a slasher movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I mean, we already said it, like real Texas Chainsaw influence with like some, some psycho mm-hmm. elements. Um, and I think that's probably the best descriptor or description of it. Um, and I, two movies that really have nothing to do with each other to com- combine elements from them and, and make this pretty, pretty creative. Just, just thinking. say Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Psycho. Just say that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Psycho. There you go, Ty West. There's your poll quote. <laughs> Boom. Put that on the poster. <clears throat> some guy from some podcast says. <laughs> some guy from some podcast I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> But I caught that, and that's all that's important. See my movie. They, they tweeted this at me. <laughs> X, in theaters now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you have anything to add? Um, uh, it was a madcap thrill ride. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with my fire. own. Trying to come up with my own pull quote now. <laughs> I want a pull quote, too. The other guy from that podcast... <laughs> I think one of them's name was Tyler. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, it's it good. Uh, it's coming to Blu-ray in May. Yeah. So if you miss it in the theater, you can watch it at home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if we were actually talking on air about it, but yeah, we must have because we're talking about when the movie came out and. When we went and saw this last night, it was in the small theater, which always means that's a movie that's about to wrap up its its run. So it hasn't even been out that long, but clearly it wasn't the intention to keep it in for, for very long. Yeah. Probably just to meet some kind I of obligation. I swear that when this was first announced, they announced like a parallel or, yeah, I want to say a parallel VOD release. And then suddenly that just went away. I swear when this was first announced, they were like, it's going to come out in theaters this way, this day. And then like a week or less later, it was planned on VOD and they scrapped that. Hmm. But I could not find proof of that anywhere. I wonder if just the change in, uh, in COVID, um, mandates and stuff in protocol is changed that. Maybe I, I, I don't recall hearing that myself, but maybe that's, if that is the case, maybe COVID or, the easing of COVID restrictions. Yeah, could that. be. Because um, I know there, there are, depending on the studio, depending on the film, you know, the contract signed, there's an obligation to do a theater run before home video. And they may have just been meeting, trying to meet some kind of obligation. Because even now, like, I don't know what it looked like on opening day, but in our theater, you know, it's, 7.35 showtime on a Saturday night. Saturday night seems like a pretty popular time to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. The theater had me and my dad and I think two other couples in there. And it's not a big theater. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was solid, solid film. Um, 
like you said, it was a little slow to get going, kind of like some things in it. Actually, I mean, some things at the beginning, like there's a TV preacher that that seems to be going on throughout the movie. Yeah. The, and it didn't really seem to, it didn't seem relevant. The relevance is shown at the end of the movie. Yeah, literally the very end. But even still, it's just like, okay. And even that was just like, wait. That, like the big reveal, and I was just like, "Wait, huh?" Yeah, I was just like, "I mean, okay, but why?" Yeah, <laughs> like um, it didn't change anything I had just seen. No, just kind of validated some things that were said throughout the movie. Yeah, or not validated, but gave reason to. Anyway, um, good stuff, uh, and uh, stick around through the credits because there is a surprise at the end. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. But I'm sure even if you don't, you'll hear about it eventually. Uh yeah, if you can catch us in the theater, great. If not, it sounds like home home videos. Yeah, I know soon. I saw Blu-ray in May. I don't know about on demand, but I feel like Blu-ray usually comes out maybe like a week ahead of VOD. Typically. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no Google, not X videos. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> uh, let's say eight. Uh, hmm. No announcement yet for VOD. Uh, I'm going to go seven. Okay. Okay. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Yes, sir. My throat is a little raw. I'm out of practice talking for this long. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, hope you enjoyed yourselves, guys. Uh, We're going to be back in a couple weeks. Probably. Probably. Uh, With a brand spanking new episode. Wherein we will be talking about what, Taylor? We'll be talking about Hellbender, and we're all going to the World's Fair. We'll see you there. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's not somewhere you want to go. I don't think so. We might find out that it's a bad place. It's, it sounds like it's a bad place. All right, guys. So until then, stay frosty. Taylor, where can people find us in the meantime? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Also, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it does help us get seen by more people. And remember to tell a friend. Tell, it, tell random, your mom. Just yell it at random strangers in the street. Yep. Just say, hey, let's do the Great Plot Podcast. They'll be like, ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, also, listen to Cult of Splat every Friday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow us on social media at Great Plot Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. And on Twitter, we are Grave underscore Plot. And also Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast for exclusive content. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's not podcast related, but I do stream drawings. On Twitch, Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Skeletony Art. 
check me out there. I usually do at least once a week. Ideally. Do it. Okay, guys. So, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Bot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Give it to ya Fuck wait for you to get it on your own X go deliver to ya Knock knock Open up the door It's real Let the non-stop pop out I'm stainless steel Go hard getting busy with it But I got such a good heart That I make the motherfucker wonder if you did it Damn right And I do it again Cause yeah. I am like So I got to win Break bread with the enemy No matter how many cats I break bread with I break who you sending me You motherfuckers never wanna know But your life saved and that's on a light day I'm getting down, down Like a nigga said freeze But won't be the one ending up on his knees Bitch, please If the only thing you can't steal Was came out to play Stay out my way, motherfucker First we gonna rock Then we gonna roll Then we let it pop Don't let it go what? X gon' give it to ya He gon' give it to ya X gon' give it to ya He gon' give it to ya First we gonna rock Then we gonna roll Then we let it pop Put in work and it's all for the kids. But these cats done forgot.